to your name, Lord. Thank you. Thank you and praise you and magnify you. Oh, Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here at New Life Fellowship. Thank you for your precious people. Thank you for these precious pastors. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to love you today and worship you in this place. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. And we pray, Lord, that we'll be able to add to that and be a part of that today. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everyone shouted, Amen. Amen. I'd like for you to ask you to open your Bibles to Mark 11 this morning. Mark 11. Can everybody hear me good? Well, if you'll notice in the 12th verse, it says, And on the morrow, when they were come down from Bethany, he, that is Jesus, was hungry. And seeing a fig tree far off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, By the way, did you know that your Lord and Savior spoke to trees? He said unto it, No man eat fruit from thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And then we'll just drop down. We just want to kind of focus on this, this story and then especially one verse here. In the 20th verse it says, And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. Why was he so surprised? <laughs> and Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. Understand, su understood subject, you have faith in God. You have faith in God. Yeah, I did it. But right away, he turns around and says, now you have faith in God. He's always applying these lessons of life to his disciples so that they can apply those things. You know, Jesus said, the works that I do, shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto the Father. Jesus' ministry was not all just about the things that he could do. He was trying to impart to them those things so that, he could do, so that they could do the same things. They were marveled that this tree was withered away. He answered and said, you have the faith of God. You believe God. For verily I say unto you. Turn to your neighbor and say, this means you. Truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. In other words, you will have whatever you say. Jesus said, you will have, how many believe this is a Bible? Amen. Got the red letter edition? It's, it's Jesus' words. Jesus said, you will have whatever you say. What are you saying? <laughs> what are you speaking into existence with your mouth? <laughs> 
what are you creating with your words? Because Jesus said, you will have whatever you say. And if you believe it in your heart, you could say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And don't doubt, it shall be moved into the sea. You can remove obstacles. You know, the same metaphor is used in Zechariah when they were trying to build the temple and there was hindrances. And, and uh, he says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This mountain shall be removed. Praise God. You can move mountains. You can change things with the words that you speak. There is power in the words that you speak for good or for evil. In your own life, in your family, in your relationships. You can literally destroy your family with words. It's so important that you, like David, ask the Lord to put a guard at your lips. Because the words that you speak can be very detrimental to your family, to your relationships, to your children. It's, you know, it's very, very important what we say to our children. We literally define their lives. And, and if we speak the wrong things into our children, they could spend a whole lifetime trying to overcome those words. But today I want to give you some keys to also overcome if someone has spoken words over your life. See, words are containers that contain spiritual power. And we need to really get a hold of this <laughs> in order to have victory in the Christian life. Amen. See, because there's more to the Christian life than being born again, we also have to go on with the Lord. There's more to the Christian life than being baptized in the Holy Spirit, though I thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you see, you can be born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, but if you don't agree with what God says, you could be defeated. If instead of agreeing with what God says, you agree with what the devil says, then you are undermining the power of God in your life. One time I had the Lord speak to me very solemnly. He, says, he said these words. He said, destroy not the anointing. And I was in the ministry, and I, I need the anointing. <laughs> And so it, it shook me. I knew it was a warning. Destroy not the anointing. I said, Lord, how does a person destroy the anointing? You know what the Lord said? He says, the natural thinking of the natural man. All you got to do is just think like everybody else. The way you think, the way you talk, the way you act, we need to be transformed. Yes. Amen? That's why he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, as Christians, Brethren and sisters, amen, brothers and sisters, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you do something. You present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. You don't be conformed to this world. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to do something. So you have to recognize you're a sinner, get born again, Ask the Lord to fill you with the Spirit, and then you need to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he says, in order that you may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The will of God. 
we can read in God's word and we can see what his will is. You know, I can read in God's word that God wants my family healthy, my, my family blessed. But sometimes there's a gap between his will and what's actually happening. And may it be sometimes that the gap is in my thinking and my speaking and my acting in, li- in line with God's word. And I just feel like God put it on my heart to talk to you about what you're saying because you will have whatever you say. Can I have an amen? Your life is literally a product of what you've been saying. We have a unique capacity as human beings to create. I was thinking about this as I was at the pastor's house, and, and you know, that house did not exist a few years ago. It was conceived somewhere in their minds and in their hearts. It was conceived. The picture was conceived, and they, no doubt they talked about it and spoke it and, and it developed it and then put things into motion and put things into action to create that house. This building, the same way. As I said, we came here and, to get inspiration for the building we built in Edgley. And that is our capacity as humans. We have that capacity to create and we have power to imagine within ourselves and create things. You don't see, you don't see uh, giraffes or, or monkeys or what do we have around here? Deer building churches. I mean, thank God. God gave them special capacities too. But we have that capacity to imagine and to create and to speak and, and to develop things and to bring things forth. And, and Jesus is dealing in this area today. And it can be, as I said, for good or evil. Let's turn to uh, Proverbs 18 for a second. Proverbs 18. I'd like to read verses uh, 20 and 21. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It's interesting that word power there is also could be translated the hand. The power of life and death has been put in your hand. Only it's your tongue that releases it one way or another. I don't know about you, but have you ever heard uh, Adolf Hitler, any recordings of him? There's an evil power that you can sense in his words. You cannot, you know, I mean, he's speaking German. I can't understand what he's saying, but I can feel the power of it. He was anointed of the devil to preach hate. And you see, we've got to come around the other side, and we need to be anointed of the Lord to release love through our words. Whether we're preaching from the pulpit or talking to our wife or children or a friend, we need to release the love of God in our words. We need to release life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Think of it. You have a choice of whether, which you're going to have. You're going to have life or you're going to have death through the power of the tongue. Praise God. And this applies to our self-talk, the things that we say to ourselves. Anybody here talk to yourself? Well, we all do. (laughs) Psychologists recognize about our self-talk, and the Bible does too, what we're saying 
about ourselves, what we're saying about God. When we face a situation, this is impossible. There's no way this is going to happen. Well, that may be true. That may be the facts, but there's a higher truth because nothing is impossible with God. Sometimes you have to apply the truth above the facts. The power of God's word in the lips of a believer is powerful. There's a war of words going on. You know, you see it in Jesus's, in Jesus's life when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. I said you need to be born again, filled with the Spirit, okay? But then you've got to win this war of words. Because he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And the devil came to him with words, containers, of deception. And he could have said, yep, guess that's right. But no, he said, it is written, Satan, man shall not live by bread alone. (laughs) Fasting for 40 days. Man shall not live by bread alone. I mean, (laughs) he was hungry. It says afterwards he was a hungered. They tell me, I never fasted that long, but they tell me if you fast 40 days, afterwards you get hungry. I know that sounds funny, but they say, you know, and like I say, I haven't fasted that long, but there's a time after a while that you kind of lose your hunger. But then at the end of the fast, in a complete fast like that, then the hunger comes back. So he was hungry. The devil says, turn those stones into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So here's Jesus after 40 days of starving his flesh. He's still speaking the word. And that's how he defeated the devil. And that's how you can defeat the devil too. That's what we heard the word today about God's putting weapons in your hands. This is a very simple message. But this is the weapon that God has given you. Can I have an amen? In Isaiah 54, 17, the Bible says, No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that will rise up against you in judgment, you will condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Now, how many know that when you receive Jesus, you receive a gift of righteousness? He empowers you. He puts you in a position of righteousness, being right with God, and with that comes authority. So he's saying, this is your heritage. You have a right to condemn words spoken against you. So if the devil speaks a a word against you, you have power to counteract that and condemn that word. If people speak a word against you, some of you probably have had situations. You were raised in a home where words were spoken against you. My wife was called names by her father. When someone in a position of authority like that speaks a word over you, I mean, that's a very, very powerful thing. But the word of God is more powerful. The name of Jesus is higher. We heard a Someone talking about David and Goliath today. David went out to meet the the Philistine. The Philistine says, I'm going to mop you up. I'm going to give you to the birds 
and they're going to eat you up. He spoke words of defeat. And we think of David out there that he defeated him with that slingshot. But I believe that David won the war before he ever got the slingshot out. You know what he said? He says, well, you come to me with the sword and the shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, and I'm going to wipe you up. And so David's words prevailed over the devil's words or the giant's words because they had greater power and authority. You see? He had faith in his God. He had faith in the covenant he had with God. And that's what we need to do. Jesus said, you will have whatever you say. He says, if you believe in your heart that those words that you say will come to pass. We need to believe in the power that we have to use words. To cast down imaginations and every high thing. Talking about weapons. He said, the weapons of our warfare are not mighty, but are not are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are strongholds in Christians' lives that are defeating them day after day, week after week, and year after year. But there's a weapon that can pull those strongholds down once for all and defeat those things and bring forth the nature of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down what? Imaginations imaginations and every high thing or proud thing or lofty thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. You see, there's truth, there's reality that's yours, but imaginations are holding you back and you've got to use the words of your mouth to, to grasp those things and pull them down in Jesus' name. And you can, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, I just wrote down a few examples of what I would call negative confessions, okay? And uh, these are just some thoughts. Because I want you to take this and apply it to yourself. There's probably things that you are saying over and over again like this. You may not be saying exactly these things, but I just wanted to give illustration to this. Things that we might say that will keep us defeated. How many like to learn about that? All right? How about this? I can't quit smoking. Well, that might be a fact, but it's not the truth because the Bible says if you're a Christian, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I got quiet in here all of a sudden. I'm, I'm just teaching the Word, folks. Are you with me? I can't quit smoking. All right, but this one. I'm a slave to alcohol. Well, you might need to admit that you're a slave to alcohol, but then just don't keep on saying it. Start saying, I'm free in Jesus' name. That's why I don't agree with having a meeting every week and coming and saying, I'm an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic, but <laughs> I've been set free. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. This is a good pulpit for jumping. Okay, you students, young people, I always have trouble with math. Well, that's a bad confession. You might have difficulty with math, but start confessing God's ability. St start saying, God is helping me with my math. Can I have an amen? 
It's scriptural because he said he would, he's a very present help in time of trouble if your math is trouble. How many hear what I'm saying today? How about this one? My husband doesn't love me. Not a good thing to say. It's born of self-pity. Your self-talk can bring destruction into your marriage. And then the words you verbalize to one another, again, bring further havoc on your life. You need to bring forth words that heal and help and are in agreement with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is blessing my marriage. We are learning to love one another. I hate my job. But you know, you're not going to have a good, good time the next day when you go to work after you say that. Maybe you're having difficulty in your job. You should say, thank God I have a job. And thank you, Lord, for a better one. Amen? Because why? He would that I would prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. God's will is, it, is to bless me. Amen? A lot of our negative confession is birthed of doubt and unbelief. Not believing in who God said he was. Not believing that God wants to bless us. Amen? So we're frustrated in life. We take it out on other people. We say things we shouldn't about God and about our circumstances, and it's self-defeating. Why? Because Jesus said you're going to have what you say. Amen. I have to amen myself today, I guess. I can't stand my coworkers. <laughs> you're sowing a negative seed. Amen. Pray for them. Lord, help them. Bless them. Help get them out of their mess. School is so hard for me. You should say, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Amen? How about this one? This job is killing me. You'll have what you say. Hello? Okay, here's another one. I can't resist chocolate. I think I'm getting a response on that one. The Bible says, and I think we'll get over there if we get that far, but the Bible said your tongue is like a rudder for your life. It says through the tongue you can control the whole body. That tells me that I am telling my body facts about itself through what I say. I am telling my body I can't resist chocolate. And so my body is craving chocolate more and more. Right? We read that scripture, a man's, uh, a, man will, a man's belly will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. You know, we should be confessing that we're satisfied with the food that we eat. It seems like God's been teaching me something about that. My wife and I lost a bunch of weight. <clears throat> I lost... 75 pounds, my wife, my wife lost 85. And she was able to keep her whole 85 off. She's doing great. But I gained some of mine back. I'm looking for that spiritual clue to just, you know, 
slim down, you know. I, I have a real clue. Don't put so much food in your mouth. <laughs> but, but the thing of it is, it's like, you know, your body's craving this food, you know. And so, like, over a period of three years, you know, you just gain a little bit of time, you know, you gain. But a man's belly will be satisfied with the fruit of his lips. Thank you, Lord, I'm satisfied with this. Praise God. Confess that you're satisfied, and when you believe it in your heart, amen, your body will start uh, responding correctly. I'm always hungry. You're telling your body to be hungry. Amen? How about this one? I don't know how to handle money. Well, it may be a fact, but there's a higher truth. How about this one? Jesus has made unto me wisdom. I had a lot of mess in my life because, because of this problem. I didn't know how to handle money. I started confessing God's wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God started giving me wisdom about, about money. And praise God, I'm debt free. Hallelujah. And I continue to trust him to give me uh, wisdom. So we should reject those negative confessions and start confessing the word of God. How about this? I'm a new creature in Christ. Let's try it. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. My God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think. God is able. Nothing is impossible with my God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sin does not have dominion over me because I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. Isn't that truth? Did you know Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Sin shall not have dominion over me. No, I'm not a slave to alcohol. Amen. No, I'm not a slave to bad habits and addictions. In Jesus' name. I have power through the word of God in Jesus' name. That's good preaching. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to say something, be an oracle of God. Speak what the word of God says. Can I have an amen? Amen. I heard a story one time about a man bound up in a homosexual spirit. He had been married and even had children, but had a problem in his life. And he went to someone for ministry, and they commanded the spirit to go. He wanted to be set free. But after ministry, he still had that desire, that temptation operating in his life. But the man told him, he actually sent him out with some other with some Christians to travel. And he says, I want you to continually say, I'm free in Jesus' name. And so he, you know, was traveling around with these Christians and doing, you know, whatever, helping them with Christian ministry and saying, I'm, 
I'm free in Jesus' name. He's just, if you looked at it in the natural, the facts, he was still just as bound as he was before. Still had that temptation, that problem. But he kept saying, I'm free in Jesus' name. And one day he's sitting in the, and he's in the shower, taking a shower and saying, I'm free in Jesus' name. All of a sudden he says, I'm free in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm free in Jesus' name. Because that confession became reality. Not only was he speaking it with his mouth, but he was believing in his heart. See, sometimes we, the Holy Spirit has to help us to believe. It's true. He's the spirit. The Bible said that he's the spirit of truth. So he reveals truth to us. Things need to sort of drop down in our heart by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to reveal to us. And at that moment, that's exactly what happened. The Holy Spirit revealed to him, I'm free in Jesus' name. Next thing you know, he's calling his wife, reconciled with her. They get back together. He's healed. He goes into the ministry. When I first went into the ministry in Twin Valley, Minnesota, um, my boss, I was working a job at that time. My boss gave me an ultimatum, said, you can pastor this church or you can be editor of this newspaper, but you can't do both. That's how I got in full-time ministry. <laughs> but when I first went into ministry, uh, I became very depressed. I'm not a person that, you know, had a lot of depression. But uh, I was very depressed. And I noticed the only time that I was really free was when I was in the pulpit preaching the word. But I had this heaviness come on me. I mean, of course, there was, there was worries about finances. There was a whole new lifestyle. I was used to going, putting, you know, punching the clock, sort of. You know, you had that routine. My whole routine, my whole life was upset. I mean, there was, there was things contributing to it, but I mean, I was depressed. But someone said to me, did you ever think that it's the devil warring against your mind? I said, no, I never thought of that. But the more I thought about that, I realized that's exactly what's happening. He wants me depressed. And so I started taking scriptures. A friend of mine had these scriptures called uh, How to Stay Free from Spirits of Oppression. And I started taking those scriptures and confessing them in first person for myself. Like, for example, Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free, and don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. So I personalized that. I said, I'm standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made me free, and I'm not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. You might want to make a note on some of these scriptures. You, know, you don't have to take extensive notes, but it, uh, it might help you to go back and, and remember some of these scriptures. That was Galatians 5.1. And then <clears throat> another one was, uh, Him who the Son sets free is free indeed. Did you, by the way, did you know that Him who the Son sets free is free indeed? Free indeed. Indeed. John 8, 36, him who the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Lord, I'm free indeed, in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. You missed a place to shout there, hallelujah. And then uh, Luke uh, 10, 19, Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I would say, thank you, Lord. Jesus has given me power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Praise God. And then um, James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. 
That's what I say. I submit my life to God. Hallelujah. I submit myself to you, Lord. I resist the devil. I resist that depression. I resist that negative thinking. I resist that evil power against my mind. So you have to, you have to resist the devil. Understood subject, you, people are always going, oh God, why don't you do something about the devil? He already did. He defeated him 2,000 years ago. But just as Carol said to us today, you have to enforce his defeat through the words of your mouth. I resist him steadfast in the faith. Make a fist and, you know, get, get your whole being behind it. Resist him. And then, uh, I think it's 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. So I would confess... My adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He may not devour me. I resist you steadfast in the faith. And you know, I started just doing that like about three times a day at least, just confessing those scriptures, and that spirit just lifted off of me. If I ever have trouble with that, I just go back to those. I've given those to a lot of people. A lot of people have been helped. I have one lady that was had trouble with demons around her house. People had prayed for her, and she'd, things would get better, but then they'd come back. I said, well, you have to resist the devil. I gave her those scriptures. She started resisting the devil, and the atmosphere around her house became clear. Words have power. You will have what you say. Can I have an amen? amen. All right. Um. Well, let's go to uh, James 3. Is this going into your heart today? James chapter 3. My brethren, be not many masters, seeing that we will receive the greater condemnation or judgment. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. If you can control your tongue, you can control the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. Put that little bit in the horse. Big, great, big old 2,000-pound animal. Just pull it a little bit. It goes just exactly where you tell them. Amen? That's the way our tongue is. Your tongue is guiding your life. The things that are in your family are a product of what you're saying. Behold also the ships, these great big boats, which though they be great are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm. That's a rudder whithersoever the governor listeth. I'll tell you what, govern your tongue. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Remember, we talked about Adolf Hitler. He had a fire in his tongue. Turned the whole nation. Almost took over the whole world with that hatred 
that fire that he spoke. But we have the word of God. We have the love of God. The tongue is a fire in a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. See, the devil ignites or inflames tongues. For every kind of beast, and just because you're born again, spirit-filled Christian, doesn't mean you're exempt from that. That temptation will come. Your wife says something or, do, or does something that hits you the wrong way, and you say something. Oh, she doesn't care about me. Hey, your job's not to worry about that. Your job's to worry about you loving her. Amen? And sowing seeds of righteousness into your marriage. Can I have an amen? In order to bring healing and deliverance. But the tongue can no man tame. It's full of unruly evil, full of deadly poison. You know, the natural man cannot, cannot tame the tongue. It's only by the Spirit of God that our tongue can be controlled. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made of the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. And notice the last verse of that chapter. It says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I believe that the Lord is encouraging us to control our tongues and to begin to sow seeds of righteousness into our lives, into our families, into our communities, into our church, amen, to speak those words of life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. God uses words. I think about how when the Lord sent uh, Peter to minister to Cornelius, and you know, he got, his, got in trouble with his Jewish friends because he went to the Gentiles, spent time with them. And then, of course, he came back and he explained how the Lord had given him the vision and had sent them to speak. And he said that Cornelius said, get a hold of Peter who will come and tell you words whereby you may be saved. Words. That's why, you know, I get excited about being a preacher. Because I can bring words through which people can get saved. And he brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to Cornelius and his family. And as he was preaching those words, they gave their lives to Jesus and began to, got filled with the Holy Spirit right in the service. <laughs> Started speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah! Amen. The power of the gospel. The power of words to change lives. And then our response to Jesus involves words. He said, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved you're saved by speaking words Paul was saved on the road to Damascus when he said Lord what would you have me to do 
He yielded to that lordship of Christ. The scripture says you can't even say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. You see how God uses words? He sends the gospel as words, and then we're called to respond with words. True words that say, yes, Jesus, you're my Lord. When that happens, you're saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But I come to tell you today, and this is the main thrust of what I've come to tell you, is that's not the end. Because the scripture said, hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. There might be a circumstance in your life that makes you think, well, God's not being faithful to me. You speak, keep speaking the profession of faith. You keep trusting the Lord. There's going to be circumstances. It's like when the clouds come out, you can't see the sun. There are circumstances in life where you can't see what the Lord's doing. You've got to hold fast the profession of your faith and trust him through those times. Amen. You've got to believe God and continue the profession of your faith. You know, I heard a testimony of a minister. He got saved as a, a young man, as a teenager. And he talked about, you know, how a lot of people seem like they get saved. They have a real experience, but then they waver. He said, you know, I believe the, the reason that I was always able to stay steadfast, he said, he said, I was always saying, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. He was always saying, I'm a new creature. See, that's holding fast the profession of your faith. Giving your testimony is holding fast the profession of faith. I give my testimony all the time. Happened, you know, 1977, I got saved, but people are always hearing about it now. Paul was doing the same thing. Oh, king, a great light from heaven. And he's always telling this story, holding fast the profession of his faith without wavering. Why? Because he's faithful that promised. And, and this minister said, you know, I just kept saying, I'm a new creature. And so some of his other young people, the other teenagers would come to him and say, you know, let's go do this, let's go drink, or let's break into this place. He said, no, I'm a new creature. That fellow that used to do that with you, he's dead. I'm a new creature. Everybody say, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. So I encourage you today, you'll have what you say. Amen? And I just pray this will be a good seed, just a good reminder. It might be an old message for you. I don't know. It is for me. I mean, I've heard this for years. But it's like the Lord brought that back in mind because there's areas sometimes that we struggle with. Amen? And like Carol said, you know, you got the victory one day and all of a sudden, it's on you. Well, what do you do about it? Well, you have a weapon. It's right here under your nose. <laughs> Powerful. Powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, Okay, we're just going to have a holy moment. If I'd like to ask everyone to bow your heads. I'm going to ask you um, three questions. And uh, ask you to just raise your hand if any of those apply to you. And then I'm going to ask everyone together to come forward and we're going to have a time of prayer, confession. First of all, is there anyone here that's really never confessed Jesus as Lord. You never said it from your heart, Jesus is my Lord, I'll live for him. And you'd like to do that today. Would you lift your hand if that's, if that's you? You'd like to say, yes, Jesus is my Lord. 
Holy Spirit's telling you to raise your hand, then you just lift your hand. All right? Okay. Second question. Yes, you made Jesus Lord of your life, but you have wavered and you haven't been following the Lord the way you should. You want to make a decision today about that. Would you lift your hand if that's you? All right, see that hand? Are there others? Holy moment. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can put the hands down. Okay, now how many today would say, I have a mountain that needs to be moved in my life? Would you lift your hand if that's you? All right, praise God. All right, I see those hands. Those of you that raised your hand for any of those three, would you come forward? We're going we're gonna to agree together. And we're going to apply this message from the Word of God. Just come and stand, stand in front of me. We're going, we're, going to pray, we're going to pray and we're going to confess. Praise God. This mountain shall be removed. <laughs> Amen. doesn't matter if it's been a mountain of sin, a mountain of sickness, a mountain of marital problem. I may agree this mountain shall be removed. We're going to speak unto the mountain. Amen. Anyone else need to come before we make our confession? Hallelujah. Precious people of God. Precious people. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we just, we just relax in your presence right now. We just let the words sink into our hearts. We allow the Holy Spirit to minister right now. We open our thoughts and hearts to you and what you have to say to speak a word of deliverance. Some of it, Lord, maybe by my lips here, but some of it just individually to those who have come. You, you have a word for them that you may speak to their hearts even now. And so we rest in your presence. We relax in you. We know that you are able to do things that no man can do. That you are the one that is behind the power of the tongue. You have put it in our hands. It's not our power. It's your power. We agree with your power. We agree with Jesus Christ who you sent. So would you just say these words with me and just say, Dear Father, Thank you for Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. I believe he's on the right hand of the throne. I believe Jesus is praying for me. And I confess that Jesus is my Lord. And he came to set me free. And him who the Son sets free is free indeed. And I confess, in Jesus' name, I'm free indeed. I'm a new creature. I'm not a slave to sin or anything else. I'm not a slave to words that have been spoken over me. The devil's words, 
are the words of ignorant people. I'm not a slave. I'm not under those words. Those words come to me like a sword and a shield. But I come against them in the name of the Lord. And I crush those words. Words against me. Words against my family. Words against my children. I crush those words. I condemn those words. And I say they have no power in Jesus' name. And today I speak to the mountain. The obstacles in my life. I say be removed and be cast into the sea. Jesus has given me authority. I thank you, Lord. It shall be done. And I declare, this day, I'm free in Jesus' name. And that you are the Lord that heals me. You are my deliverer my constant counselor, my wisdom, the grace of my life. (laughs) Thank you. I trust you. And I go forward with confidence in you. In Jesus' precious name. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.